0: Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit crawfordmediagroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts: Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush.
1: Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast with all of the guys: uh, John and Roger and Neil, myself, Bob. Hey guys, how are you? Great, great, Bob. Great, Bob. How are Thank you? you? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Except I'm I'm a little bit nervous because when I look at Neil, he kind of looks a little bit like Teamsters President Sean O'Brien. And I don't want to take Let's any go, chances man. Let's here. Go. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, hey, you calling me out, pal? Is that what you're doing? You're calling me out? Okay, That's I'm what standing I'm doing up right at here, my right microphone. Butt to up. Speak. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> get your butt up! <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about what happened in this Senate committee hearing with Bernie Sanders. Okay, but uh, but it's really going to lead us into a larger discussion on the political divide that exists in this country. There's a new poll out showing that an increasing percentage of Americans say that the opposing party is a threat to American life, but then also justifying actual violence uh, against opposing parties. What in the world is going on here? So before we dive into that poll, for those of you who didn't see, here's what happened. You've got Teamsters president Sean O'Brien. Now, Sean O'Brien, to look at him, he looks like a tough guy. And the way that he tends to carry himself is somewhat thuggish. He's got a reputation for being a bully, an intimidating kind of guy. As a matter of fact, he's even, he's got a history of intimidating behavior. There was a 2013 report about him facing suspension uh, in connection with alleged intimidation of members of a Rhode Island union election and such. Uh, And this guy is also on record saying that we need to bring, quote, a mob mentality back to the Teamsters. So this is a tough guy you don't mess with. Well, anyway, he's sent some Angry tweets to uh, United States senator Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen and basically attacking him calling him a greedy CEO accusing him of having a quote tough guy act and then saying to the senator any place any cowboy well here's the thing that senator in question happens to be an MMA fighter he's a cage fighter black belt martial artist and so during the committee hearing, uh, the senator, when questioning Sean O'Brien, who was being questioned in the Senate, he brought up that, that uh, t- tweet and he said, let me read to you what you said to me. And so he read it any time, any place. So then he, the senator said to Sean O'Brien, sir, this is a time, this is a place. You want to run your mouth? We can finish it here. And uh, then the Teamsters boss was like, well, you know, why don't you, you know go ahead and do it or something? And so the Senator said, hey, get off your butt, get off your butt, let's do it right now. You know, hey, you want to threaten me like that? And so the Teamsters boss says, why don't you get off your butt? So the Senator's like, I will. So he stood up, started taking his wedding ring off, let's go. And uh, that's where Bernie Sanders, stop it, stop, this is a Senate hearing, sit down, you know, whatever. Uh, were they actually really gonna come to blows? no but that's what happened so we're going to discuss that okay and then we're going to use that to springboard into a larger discussion about what's going on politically and why do we seem to be even more divided now between republicans and democrats than any other time In history. So we got a lot to dive into here that kind of sets the stage for us. And Roger, if I could toss it over to you, first of all, sit down, okay? Uh, Don't be tough guy with us. But I will say this one of the things we very much appreciate are the sponsors to this podcast. One of them is Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial. And I tell you what, we don't have to worry about being intimidated by him, but it is good to know that he really is the expert to help people get their financial houses in order. Well, he's going to fight for you. There's no question
2: about it, but he's going to fight for right. you with biblical values. I mean, and looking right. at the markets and seeing what's really happening, because let's face it. I mean, the, the, if you just kind of take the markets as they are, uh, he had a client come in the other day, she had $900,000 in a 401k when she retired. That very, next year she had $740,000 in the same 401k and she didn't have very much in required minimum distribution. She said, help, what do I do? And Dennis found her an alternative through a Roth IRA that's going to help her rebuild that wealth. That's a stewardship issue. I mean, it it takes the fear out of investing. It takes the panic out of investing. And he's he's been doing alternative investing like this for over 50 years from a biblical worldview. I'm so grateful that Dennis is a fan of NCR and also the Bottom Line Show. And in addition, he's also a sponsor. He puts his money where his mouth with, is, that's where the investment is made. So when you contact him, uh, you know you're getting a good godly man who is willing to literally put his money where his mouth and his faith are. Um, you can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner, or call 800-696-9970. I, I don't know that he would have come to blows uh, you know, in the Senate chamber <laughs> there, but I'll say he's, he's certainly not going to back down from a, you know, someone coming after him over biblical values, that's for sure, especially when it comes
1: to mm-hmm. finances. Absolutely. Well, uh, when we think about what happened in the Senate, I mean, it does lead to a larger discussion of what's happening politically. But I am kind of curious to get everybody's take, at least, on, on this potential coming to blows that happened. You don't usually see stuff like that here. You know, once in a while over in the U.K. Parliament, you'll see something similar to that or in other countries, but not usually here. Uh, any thoughts or opinions on this kind of uh,
3: around the table? It, you by the way it used to be a lot more that way in this country we have become a lot more i guess you could say guys civilized over the years but you know way back in the founding days of this country what we just experienced this week was common practice mhm yeah well
1: you know what actually that is true that is true you've got um, andrew jackson participated in nine duels actually knocked a guy out Correct. in a dinner at a white at the white house Uh, There was Jesse Waters pointed out that there was an 1856 incident where pro-slavery Democratic Congressman Preston Brooks killed abolitionist Massachusetts Republican Senator Charles Sumner by caning him to death in the Capitol building. So you're right. There are examples of that in the past, but I think a lot of... By the way, I'm not saying that was right. I'm I'm just saying that's the way things used to go. Right. I know. So, but, you know, uh, uh, this sounds terrible. Maybe it's just maybe it's just my flesh getting too much of me here. Okay. Cause I know as a Christian, I'm not supposed to think of it this way, but the, the, the testosterone in me says, if, if somebody challenges me and says, Hey, you know, Hey, tough guy, any place, anytime, let's go. Um, I'll admit it will take discipline for me to turn the other cheek and say, hey, you know what, here. Here's my left cheek also. You know, uh I'm Well especially you my when other it's a union
3: thug that you know is trying to destroy the country I know, on top of when it, it's that's a, a whole bully, other part it, of this.
1: I know and I get that. And that's why I'm like you are you're a union thug. You're used to intimidating people. And my attitude toward bullies is uh, everybody backs down and jumps out of your way not me pal you just ran into a brick wall let's go you know and, and sometimes well, bullies and in some do ways need to this is guys a
3: lot like i mean maybe some would disagree with me on this but this is the good versus evil you know conversation we have on a regular basis no offense yeah. i don't look at that guy being on the good side of things he is definitely on the evil side i don't care what anybody says
1: yeah i know true so uh Neil, you're you're the teamster bullies uh <laughs> Uh, doppelganger. He's the lookalike. You're his doppelganger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what? Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on? This? Obviously, you're a pastor too, so I know you got the. Bob and I get a pass. Flesh. Say what? Right. Bob and I get a pass. Yeah, that's right. John and I get a pass. We're like <laughs> knocked the guy out, and then now we need you and Roger to say, "Okay, and need I remind you a little bit?" But your yes. take on this. Settle down, boys. No, I. I yeah. mean, in the flesh, as a human being,
4: as a male, I get it. But, I mean, this isn't how really anyone should behave, but definitely not Christians. So, you know, the, I'm thinking of James 4, one. I just looked it up here. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And anyway, it goes on from there. But um we're. I just want to say, our whole conversation today. I really view from a spiritual perspective. Ultimately, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but I think honestly, we're talking about sin. We're talking about good versus evil, right versus wrong, and I think that we as believers who are connected to the living God through the person of Jesus have a responsibility to do what we can. Uh, to operate in that realm and to understand that he's got a higher plan, a bigger purpose, et cetera. So, you know, I don't want to just throw cold water on this whole thing because it's kind of fun to talk about the fact that Bernie Sanders almost refereed a fight in a Senate committee hearing. But, <laughs> I mean, it's almost hilarious. But on the other hand, you know, let's, let's collect ourselves here and say, like, ultimately this isn't what uh, anybody intended. And yet, whoever pointed it out, I think with John pointed it out, this is kind of how things were dealt with many years ago. So um, thankfully, in some ways, I guess we've become more dignified, and now we're beginning to slide back in the other direction. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and Roger, I want to get your take on this, too, in just a moment, and then we're going to expand this into the larger discussion of this recent poll that was taken and what's happening with the divide in this country. But one thing, of course, that we can all agree on is that there are certain principles that we do need to be fighting for, and one of them is fighting for the unborn. One of our sponsors on this podcast is Preborn, and they fight for the unborn every day. How do they do it? By showing ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And those moms, when they see that first ever picture of their baby, they don't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. They let that baby live almost all the time. And by the way, the moms usually end up accepting the Lord too. So here's the thing, it takes money to show these ultrasound images. And that's why we're asking you folks in the audience right now will you give to preborn? Will you pay for some ultrasound images and save some babies' lives? $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasounds. $28. So I'm asking you to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. How many babies' lives will you be willing to save? This is your one-time gift to preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Take $28 times fill in the blank, and that's your one-time gift. But listen, it gets better. There's an anonymous donor who has agreed to go ahead and match dollar for dollar between now and Christmas what anybody in our audience gives. And wow, we appreciate that. So now it's $28 saves two babies' lives. What do you say? Here's how you give. Go online right now to to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. You can give there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. Or just call 833-850-BABY. A three three eight five zero baby just mentioned National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. And so Roger, before we get to the larger discussion of this poll, just some of your thoughts and analysis on. I mean, hey, you know what? You're you're a tough guy. You've hardly ever punched us in the nose. Once in a while, but not too often. <laughs> you, you you know you sometimes you'll throat punch people, but you know not too bad. But you're also a pastor. So how do you uh, just your take in general about what happened in uh, in this senate hearing it's so odd to
2: hear about something coming to blows and fisticuffs and stuff like that i did have an incident one time where i was refereeing youth soccer and actually you know when you get to the certain age levels the uh, under 14 category you got kids who are four foot 10 going up against kids who are six foot two and i broke up a fight one time by pulling a big kid off of a smaller kid and i had a coach accuse me of manhandling this innocent boy and I'm like, that kid uh-huh. looked me in the eye and cussed me out. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, something had to be done. Right. But I think in, in the in the grand scheme of things, it is kind of an indictment in our culture that we would get to the idle threat part, that we would actually you know, look at something like this and have to wonder. I mean, as Christians, obviously, the good versus evil fight, we do have to do battle with. But in watching something like this come down to basically becoming a barroom brawl or bike racks after school or whatever you want to call what these guys were talking about doing, it, it is somewhat shocking. It, it kind of... In a, in a culture where everything anything goes anymore you know in terms of morals and values everyone's fighting for what they think is right i think george barna de- determined that uh, during the pandemic there was a greater in, uh, increase in the number of people who believe in moral absolutes but they believe that they are the morality that they, they're the standard for that and so you know whereas back in the uh, uh the aaron burr versus alexander hamilton days it was you know get your pistols mm-hmm. in 10 paces because there was that disagreement and gentlemen settled it like gentlemen now i think that the, the larger issue for us that we can speak into is is wh- what how do we define good and evil in the culture and how do we as Christians address it when we see something like this happening it's 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 somewhat humorous but also a little shocking to see a couple of guys right. threaten to just throw down I mean even I'm taking off my wedding ring I'm taking off my glasses I mean yes are, we, are
1: you and Bernie you know. Sanders the referee will never forget that image that's for sure. Well, I know this is true. but And I have to say that, and this is something I, maybe I have to grapple with as a Christian because I might be looking at this wrong, but if you threaten me, insult me, things like that, say, hey, tough guy, come on, where are you? Uh, I, I, I can keep a hold of myself there. I can be like, you know something? I'm going to be Christ-like first. Flesh part of me wants to take you down, but I'm going to be Christ-like first. But you know what? You come after my wife or my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure I'm going to be able to turn the other cheek at that point. I'm going to be honest with you. So it's there There's certain things where it's like, okay, well, then that that would put me over the top. But uh, there's this poll out. This poll was conducted by the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia. And they asked Americans, do you believe the opposing party is a threat to American life? Right. Among Biden supporters, 52 percent said the Republican Party is, quote, a threat to American life. But among Trump supporters, 47 percent said the Democratic Party is a threat to American life. And then they were asked, is violence justified to stop the other party from achieving their goals? Among Biden supporters, 41 percent said yes. But among Trump supporters, just about the same, 38 percent said yes. Yes. Now, I know we disagree on a lot of issues, but there was a time when Republicans and Democrats could get to could be friends and disagree with each other politically, but still go out and have a drink afterward, you know, or whatever, or play racquetball together or something. But it seems like more and more we're seeing more of this where if you are on the opposing party, I won't even associate with you. Uh, I mean, this this kind of thing is is very real. Actually, guys, can I tell you? There's been uh, there's been speaking engagements that I've been scheduled for before, over the years, that have been canceled because they didn't like the fact that I was a conservative Republican voting kind of right winger type guy. It's like, wow, really? So there's this disassociation thing going on, uh, and and we're just I'm kind of trying to figure out why is it rising to this level? Why is the hatred and animosity to the level of, hey, violence is justified to stop you. That's how evil the opposing side is. Now, I think the Democratic Party, quite frankly, is extremely evil. And I think they've changed dramatically in the last few years. So I think the Republican Party has pretty much stayed the same. It's the Democratic Party that's gone crazy. And that's why there's blowback on the Republican side. So I'd love I mean, to get I mean, really take about an to analysis on this
0: as we go I around.
3: I just want to yeah, jump please, in there really sure. quick. You, you, you're right that the other side has changed dramatically, but we have as well. Keep in mind, we're even a more "quote unquote" liberal party than we once were. So you know, we've even moved closer to where they are, but they've just moved so far the other direction. And I'm right again. I keep saying it; they've gone so much in the evil direction that. Yeah, I look at them, and we talk about it all the time. I talk about it on my show. It is the party of evil. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't have any okay. other definition for it. Now, John,
1: if you talk to Democrats, if we could talk to these Democrats that say that the Republican Party is a threat to American life, they would tell you, in their minds, they honestly believe that the Republican Party has moved radically to the right, when we know the Republican Party has actually slid more to the center Correct. in many areas. Correct. Uh, but the left perceives us as moving farther to the right. So the Democratic Party sees us as going extreme. But That's because when you go Democratic further party one
3: direction, extreme. the other party looks like it's farther from you. That's the definition. They've gone so far to the left. Yeah, it looks like we're clear to the right because they're so far the other direction. That's That's all they can see.
1: Right. If they go a mile to the left and we go 100 feet to the left, bottom line, we've widened the gap between us. And so we appear farther to the right than they are from their point of reference. No, I get what you're saying. And uh, we got a lot to unpack about this uh, throughout the rest of this podcast. But as we do, you know, we've been talking about uh, fighting, of course, in the radical extremists. John, I got to tell you, man, it is such a blessing we've got Alliance Defending Freedom, yep, ADF right. out there fighting for us, because right. the Democrats out there have been so radical in their attacking of Christians and conservatives and, and traditional family people in this country and whatever and denying us our freedoms, and I thank the Lord for ADF.
3: Well, and, and to your point, Bob, there's even been a lot of attack pieces of late— against ADF themselves. Folks, that should tell you right then and there and some of what we're even going to talk about in the second half of the podcast. Is there a greater chasm? Absolutely. ADF is out there really fighting for all of our freedoms. Jack Phillips, of course, back in the news. uh, One of the cases that ADF has worked on uh, you know, it's a Colorado situation for us. Jack Phillips, the, the cake baker who, you know in the beginning, refused to bake a cake for a gay wedding. And then, of course, it's just progressed into all these other, essentially, guys, activist attacks against Jack. And Alliance Defending Freedom has been there the entire way, really helping him fight this. They're still in the fight. He still has court cases that they're fighting. So those of you that are in business, I say it all the time, but I'm going to keep saying it. Guys, it's imperative that we in the business community help ADF. They're, <clears throat> they're helping you on the business side, not just on the personal side, but the business side especially. Donate today. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the ADF button.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate you folks doing that. So uh, let's go around the table. First of all, uh, Roger, if I can ask you your thoughts on this poll, this survey that's been taken, Biden supporters, half of Biden supporters say Republicans are a threat to American life, but nearly half of Trump supporters say the same thing about Democrats. And then you've got in the neighborhood of 40 percent of each party saying that we're to the point now where violence is justified against the other side. Your thoughts on this poll, uh, not only as a conservative American, but also as a pastor.
2: Well, the first part of the poll, I think, makes perfect sense, because like, to echo John's point, I think those on the conservative side could look at those on the progressive side and say, you're ruining the country, you're, you're bringing all sorts of evil, you're you're codifying this into law, and you're absolutely wrong. And we would actually be able to make a more justifiable argument in that direction than in the other direction. The, the one statistic that you just shared, Bob, that really concerns me is the fact that the number of Trump supporters, as it were, are saying we need to resort to violence. Because that completely flies in the face of the logic and reason and arguments that we all have been making here that the idea right. that you're saying the system is broken and largely it's being broken look what happened a couple of tuesdays ago you know with all the different codification of uh, abortion laws into places like mm-hmm. ohio you know where it shouldn't have been that way and yet it, it turned out to be that way because wouldn't you know it a lot of republicans actually support abortion i mean they they call themselves pro-life but they're like eh, well you know make a couple of exceptions here and there and i don't want somebody else to not be able to do it and you know there, there's a, a little kind of double minded going on there. But the idea that someone could say, I can look at the other side and say, you're wrong, and, and I've got the facts to back it up, but then to come back at the same, literally out of the other side of their mouth and say, and that's why we need to resort to violence, that's very disturbing to me. I mean, I think regardless of how awful and evil the Democrat Party has become and how centrist and moderate the Republican Party has become, violence is never the solution. I mean, in this case, it's certainly not the solution. I know there have been times we've gone to war and we can go through biblical history and all that type of stuff to say that that is, in fact, the solution. But here, just I'm going to shoot you because you're a Democrat? I mean, come on. I mean, there's got to be a better way. There has to be. Unless your life is being threatened, and Bob, I echoed what you were saying earlier about if you come after me, I could turn the other cheek. You come after my family, that's a whole different conversation.
1: I know, I know. Uh, Neil Boron, your thoughts, uh, Pastor Neil, on, on this poll? Well, I, I want to echo some of the things Roger
4: said, and really, honestly, it's just interesting the varied ways you can look at this poll. I mean, on the one hand, uh, Republicans kind of line up with Democrats on this, so can you really say, in one sense, that the Republicans are better than Democrats? I don't think so. I mean, these are pretty close numbers. But what what's interesting right off the bat, if 52% of Biden supporters say that, that Republicans are a threat to America, I'm actually kind of encouraged by that number, because if they're as evil as, as we're all saying, that number really ought to be more like 80 or 85% think that Republicans are a threat. There isn't that much of a difference between the number of Republicans who think Democrats are a threat. So I actually think that there's some common ground in that number. I mean, yes you could make arguments on both sides i get it i'm not trying to make a hard and fast you know claim here but what i'm saying is you could argue that there's some common ground there Uh, but on the violence issue it's to me terrifying because if 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 the republicans are the good guys and they and they're as quick to resort to violence as the democrats might be that really is a troubling statistic so i'm kind of disheartened by that number and not surprised by it at all but let me just say this in my opinion it isn't really about policy. Ultimately, it's about selfishness because you know at the root of sin is self, selfishness. And uh, so, okay, so what happened in Ohio? Amendment one passes, and it largely passed because the Republicans looked the other way. You know, but the word of God says that if if somebody knows the right thing to do, James four seventeen, but doesn't do it, to him it's sin. Why would why would right thinking people who love life supposedly? kind of look the other way and allow something like that to pass or even vote for it like as so like well, hey, this is kind of a reasonable measure or maybe if we do this, it'll just go away. We don't have to talk about these issues anymore. I'm not sure of the motivation, but what I'm saying is if if they didn't do anything to stand up against it or stop it in a red state, then they were wrong. And I put more, you know, on the Republicans on that sense. You would expect that from the Democrats who openly claim this is the kind of thing they want. But if the Republicans claim they want the opposite, why didn't they show up? So to me, those kind of trends are troubling.
1: Well, look, the violence thing, I think we're all in agreement here, certainly. It's not justifying violence, but I'll tell you right now, if I was asked, is today's Democratic Party a threat to the American life? I would say yes, I do believe it's a threat. Now, if they ask me, is it justified to engage in violence against them, I'm gonna say no. But I will say yes, that they're a threat. And here's what I think we have to recognize. I know both sides are accusing the other side of going radical and extreme. The Democrats say, those Republicans have gone way far to the right. And Republicans are saying no, those Democrats have gone way far to the left. So to me, I've got a very simple exercise in logic that I would like to apply to this, because anytime you have two opposing sides that say, it's, it's A, no, it's B, no, it's A, no, it's B. Okay, you can watch the tennis match, but The thing to do is to bring out some logic and some facts and some evidence to let that be the tiebreaker to find out who's right and who's wrong about this. And I submit if we use some basic logic, and I'm going to apply a logic test in the second half of this podcast, I think a logic test will prove that it's the Democrats who are wrong. They are the ones who have moved extremely to the left and the Republicans haven't moved an inch to the right. If anything, we've slid farther to the left. So I'm gonna dive into that in the second half of this podcast. First though, we do wanna remind you folks that this podcast is sponsored. and We're asking you to support our sponsors. Okay, Certain, certainly Wilson Financial, ADF, and Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, do it now. What you're doing is you're paying for ultrasound images so that moms will choose life in pro-life centers instead of aborting their babies. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. 28 bucks. So we're asking you to pray about a number of babies' lives that you'll save. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Is it 10 babies? That's $280. Is it 100 babies? That's $2,800. I don't know what you can afford. We're asking you for a one-time gift. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. This is pre-born. But there's an anonymous donor that between now and Christmas has said anybody in our audience that gives, they're going to match it dollar for dollar. How about that, huh? So now $28 saves two babies' lives. What's the number of babies' lives that you'll save? Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. You can give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. Or just give them a call, 833-850-BABY, and they answer 24-7. So call now, 833-850-BABY baby. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And looking forward to the second half with all the guys as we dive into what's happening with the political divide in this country. Second half of the podcast coming up next.
0: This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
1: Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. That's right, it's Gavin country. Neil Boron, Neil Boron, live out of Buffalo, New York, as we talk about the political divide in this country. And can I just say on a side note, Roger, before we get back to this poll that was taken, so I want to make sure I understand Gavin Newsom's thinking, okay? In San Francisco, He's okay letting the businesses and citizens of San Francisco live in squalor with homeless people everywhere, needles on the ground, human feces on the sidewalk. That's okay. But when Xi Jinping is coming to town, uh, the APEC conference is there going on right now. Now suddenly we got to clean up the streets. we got to get rid of the homeless, kick them off the streets, and then put up walls and barriers, walls, not bridges, to keep them out during this time. So apparently the PR of the cameras rolling is enough For him to uh, respect the people of San Francisco, but as soon as the cameras are off and the dignitaries leave again, then the people of San Francisco, I guess, aren't deserving of having their streets cleaned up. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, Roger. Your your take as a Californian. Well, Bob, your hateful rhetoric is duly noted. Um, but not <laughs> hey, hey, you want to take me <laughs> on, pal? You want to take yeah, me on? That's right. I'm taking, taking my wedding ring off, off right, right now. now.
2: <laughs> right now. Let's go. Let's go. Neil can be our judge this time. Uh, no, it's it, it It's very interesting. The headlines are screaming around here. Isn't it interesting that Gavin Newsom was totally fine with the feds doing the job of cleaning San Francisco, but he couldn't take care of it. And the fact that right. he has been on this national campaign, there are two numbers that people aren't paying attention to right now here in the People's <clears> Republic that could bode... A, well, it's a whole separate conversation about the the impending Biden impeachment. But Biden's numbers are down about 10 points in California, and so are Gavin Newsom's. He's actually at 44% popularity right now in a state that leans very, very heavily blue. He should have this thing all sewn up, but come to find out, a lot of Californians aren't really happy with the fact that he spent more time in China. He spent more time dealing with Iran. He spent more time dealing with climate change at the UN than actually showing up and cleaning up the drug needles and the human feces on the streets of San Francisco. So, I mean, the, right. the, the so reality true. is it, he, he's, he, he's overplaying his hand right now with his own constituents, and it will be interesting to see how he pulls things back. Of course, a Biden impeachment sets the table for Gavin Newsom's presidency in 2024, but that's for a separate conversation.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so uh, to the political divide in this poll about uh, how just about half of Americans on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, say the opposing party is a threat to American life. The Democrats say it's because Republicans have gone so far right wing. Republicans say it's because the Democrats have gone so far left wing. Okay, so my thing is, let's have a simple, basic logic test. And I would encourage any of our listeners as well. If you have some liberal left wing progressive Democrat voting friends, ask them this question. I would like for you to tell me some kind of policy or position of the Republican Party that is more conservative today than it was 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago name one that's more conservative. Go back and look at the Republican Party position from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you tell me if the Republican Party isn't a little bit less conservative today than they were then. Challenge your liberal friends to do that. I guarantee you they cannot fill in the blank. Say, uh, the Republican Party is more conservative on fill in the blank than they were 10 years ago. i defy anybody to to fill in that blank. Now, with that said, apply the same principle to the Democratic Party, because I can do that. If you ask me, where is the Democratic Party more liberal today than they were even 10 years ago? Let's go through a little list. 10 years ago, the Democratic Party wasn't as Rapidly open borders. As a matter of fact, the Democrats were paying for funding and voting for funding to build border wall. All Trump was trying to do was complete the incomplete border wall that the Democrats funded. Uh, you didn't have huge defund the police movements going on 10, 15 years ago in the Democratic Party like you do now, uh, or trying to, for that matter, imprison a former president and contestant for election for some of the kind of charges that they're doing now abortion for all nine months for any reason whatsoever including including uh, birth control and with no parental consent that's not something the democrats were pushing uh, 10-15 years ago remember barack obama in his first term as president openly declared he does not support gay marriage Think about that, okay? Uh, The abortion issue and transgenderism, transgender surgeries for minors, abortions for minors without parental consent or, or even knowledge, You didn't have the Democratic Party 10 years ago trying to gender-confuse children with drag queens in kindergarten and then trying to convince them to get puberty blockers and sex change surgery without even informing their parents. These are positions of the Democratic Party today that were not positions of the Democratic Party 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago. Uh, Pushing for men to be allowed to go in girls' bathrooms and locker rooms and showers, men taking trophies away from women and women's sports, celebrating Hamas and the butchering of Jews and the beheading of Jews. As a matter of fact, supporting Democrats who call for the elimination of Israel and refusing to even condemn the beheading of Jewish babies, forcing Christian business owners to violate their beliefs and such. Folks, these are all things that represent today's Democratic Party. But if you go back just 10 or 15 years ago this wasn't the Democratic Party. They had glimmers of this. They were certainly left-wing, but Barack Obama back in 2008 when he was running for president would be pretty much the Joe Manchin of today's Democratic Party. So I would argue the facts prove the Democratic Party is the one that has gone rapidly, radically to the left. The Republican Party has not moved an inch to the right. If anything, they've inched their way to the left. And I think that this huge divide is blowback from Republicans that are saying enough is enough, and from Democrats who, when they move the goalpost, they just think that that goalpost has always been there when it hasn't, Uh, and they're in a state of denial. Okay, that's my rant. That's my analysis on this. And I love, John. I'd love to get your take on this. First of all, what do you say to Democrats who insist we haven't moved the goalposts? It's the Republicans who have. No, I, I would argue the facts prove that wrong.
3: It, it, I mean, we can even talk the fiscal responsibility and of things on both sides of the aisle, and where right. you know it's taken both parties to get us to what are we, almost thirty four trillion dollars in debt now as a nation. But that by the way it didn't happen with with just one party, it happened with both. And by the way, neither one of those parties would have done that some twenty five years ago. So yes, they've both shifted completely even on the financial end of things. We can talk about all sorts of you know, you went through all of the social aspects of things earlier and, and even even as conservatives. We are, and right, wrong, or otherwise, we are a lot more ta- a lot more tolerant today. You can even ask, you know, Neil and Roger on this. We are much more tolerant today of even the whole homosexual end of things, gay marriage, and so on, than we were some twenty years ago as well. Guys, there's so many right. examples of where we have moved and in a way probably caved to things societally speaking, just so that we can continue to hopefully win elections and do the things that we need to do on our side. But at the end of the day, we definitely have moved they've moved much farther bob to all the points that you just said a moment ago just just the whole transgender end of things and what they'll do to mutilate children uh not less the abortion thing and pre-born that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself bob but you know we're, we're, democrats are the point today where they have no problem with late-term abortions whatsoever tell me that they haven't moved
1: i know hey, to 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 think that we're at a point now where today's democratic party is saying let's go ahead by the way like in Ohio issue one like in Michigan prop three and I know you guys are seeing the same things in, in, in Colorado and California and the liberals push this kind of stuff in New York too that, uh, that, that a, a mom and a dad can be left in the cold if a guidance counselor at school wants to take a 15-year-old girl to get an abortion, and mom and dad don't even have to know. And if they find out, That's they right. don't have veto power over this. That's okay, right. This is today's Democratic Party. We advertise the that way, in
3: Colorado, Bob.
1: I know, trust me, it's and it's 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 insane. This is what they have become today. And I know some people hear this and they say, "Oh, what can I do about it?" You know, there's nothing I can do. Except, well, first of all, we can pray, absolutely. All right, God is still on his throne. We don't give up there spiritually, certainly. But there's practical, tangible things we could do. You know, look, John, you mentioned preborn. Let me remind our audience right now. You can give to preborn if you haven't done it yet, okay? You can pay for ultrasound images So that moms can see a picture of their baby and then choose life instead of going across the street to Planned Parenthood. It does take money to pay for these ultrasound images, though. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. Uh, Preborn shows these ultrasound images in pro-life centers all across the country. And they have for a long time. Okay, But we're the ones who pay for these images. So I'm asking everybody in the audience right now, take $28 times fill in the blank whatever number God lays on your heart, how many babies' lives will you be willing to save? That's a one-time gift we're asking of you, and it's for your forever legacy that here's how many abortions we stopped in our family or in our business or whatever it may be. $28 times fill-in-the-blank. But remember, we have an anonymous donor who's agreed now to match dollar for dollar everything our audience gives between now and Christmas. So how about that, huh? $28 now saves two babies' lives. So here's how you give whatever number that is, Go to crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn. You can give right there, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on Preborn, or you can talk to a real life person 24/7. Call right now: 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mention Crawford uh, Roundtable when you call, and we appreciate you folks doing that. So as we talk about the the divide and the two parties. Uh, Let's go around. Neil, I'd love to get your take on this. Uh, what, What I just laid out there, and I think John's absolutely right. The Republican Party has not moved an inch to the right over the last 10 or 20 years. They've actually moved a couple hundred feet to the left. But the Democratic Party has moved a couple of light years to the left, and that's... In my honest opinion, that's a lot of the reason why we're so divided right now, because if the Democratic Party were like Joe Manchin will say, which is what the Democratic Party used to be, if that's what the Democratic Party was, I think we could be friends with each other. But when you're when you have a party that's trying to gender confuse children and surgically mutilate them behind mom and dad's back then that's going to cause a lot of conservatives to say, that's it. Enough is enough. You're evil. So I I think the Democratic Party moving as far as they have to the left is behind this huge divide. And I think the facts back that up. Your take.
4: Well, I agree 100% that some of the things you've outlined are pure evil. Um, Taking the life of an innocent child right up to the moment of birth uh, is demonic. It's not just evil. It's utterly demonic. And it needs to be opposed at all costs. But could any average Republican, if we stopped any average Republican on the street and say name 10 champions for life in the Republican Party who are out, outspoken and telling the story of why this is morally and ethically wrong and why it needs to be opposed, we couldn't name 10 because there's not 10 people there. As a matter of fact, a lot of articles after the last, after the midterm, what do you call it, the off-year election here that just happened a few weeks ago were about how the Republican Party needs to avoid talking about this stuff in order to get reelected in the future. Like, that's actually a strategy. It's been discussed on this program. Uh, on the issue of violence, you know, 38%, 4 out of 10 Republicans would report resort to violence if necessary to stop Democrats. They say it could be justified. Seven weeks ago, episode 222, we talked about... Uh, is it time for a revolution on this program? Like, like I mean, these thoughts are coming. So all I'm saying is it's, it's really easy to just demonize the Democrats and say they're the ones that are really liberal, they're the ones that have really moved. But, you know, the Republicans have moved as well, and I think we ought to be ashamed on both counts, that we ought to see that, that there are very few people standing up for what's actually right and and willing to tell the truth. And as far as outliers, I mean, you got AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and the Democratic Party, I mean, way out left liberals, but then they would argue that we've got the Matt Gaetzes and Lauren Boeberts and Marjorie Taylor Greens And talking about shifts in the last 10 years ago, would anyone have tolerated Marjorie Taylor Greene's behavior in Congress? Like, did that happen 40 years ago, 50 years ago, during the Reagan administration? Like, uh, there's been great change on both sides. As far as, you know, imminent problems with evil? I mean, yeah, I agree. The Democrats have some serious issues that that they're promoting and supporting right now, and the American people need to see that. But what are we trying to do here? Just win an argument about who's not as bad as the other? Well, the Republicans aren't as bad as the Democrats, so I think we're in good standing. I think we need to take a much harder look at this whole thing and say, what can we do to bring about change? You mentioned prayer. I'm 100% in favor of that because I don't think anyone, any one of us, and we have a microphone in front of us, but, but anyone listening to this podcast really has the ability to do much to change all of this but almighty god does and i'm not copying out on that we have a responsibility to elect the right people who will represent us well but you know we we live in a very self-centered world i mentioned that word earlier and we elect we elect people to represent us in congress who should be representing us in our district speaking for us as our elected representatives but no parties just vote as parties now if the democrats have more people in in the house they can they can get a bill passed if they have less they have trouble because the republicans can stop that but we just we just move as parties now and individual voices are rarely heard and ultimately i think this is driven because we've we've brought about a society where everybody wants what they want and they want it now there is wow. esteeming others is more important than ourselves doesn't happen and if there is some value and like we talked about i mentioned the border crisis last week are you telling me that Democrats stand nothing to gain by, by having a secure border? Like, I think I think this affects them, too. We don't even have those conversations. It's just if you're a Democrat, you're right about the border, and it should be wide open. If you're a Republican, you're wrong about the border. It should be closed. Like, everything is black and white, and there's no well, room for
1: conversation in that. You know what, though, Neil? While well, there's certainly a lot of things I agree with you on, I... I got to push back on something here, okay? When I look at how evil today's Democratic Party is, how absolutely demonic they I'm are, I'm not disagreeing with you I, on that. I, I, just, I fully okay, agree. Okay, but you know what? I don't. Th- okay, but I don't think the answer here is to say, by the way, let me spend my time taking a baseball bat to the Republican Party and trying to turn off Christians to vote Republican. So no, what do l- we gain? Not, what do we gain? Let's not if spend somebody... our time smearing the Republican Party. Yeah, they got try- false. Yeah, they got I- faults. I'm but trying to be realistic. There's not, There's Bob. no parity between these two parties. There's but not. Is th- what is this though? Is this a cheerleading
4: session? for the Republican Party? I'm deeply no, it, troubled it, it, by what I see ke- in the Republican it's Party.
1: Keep, it's trying to expose how evil the Democratic Party has become. So if you want to call and, and, them the lesser okay. of two evils, it's fine. I'd rather vote for the lesser of two evils. Oh, I would okay. rather have So that. you'd vote for Mussolini instead of Hitler is what you're saying. Like, no, really? I, I don't think it's accurate to, to compare okay, the Republican Party to the Democratic okay, so Party. I don't, think the, gap, but I don't <laughs> think the gap between Mussolini and yeah. Hitler is as wide as the gap between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. I okay. would say that. And and if you feel comforted with that, great.
4: But we also have a Republican Party that has moved to the left and isn't standing up for the principles we care about. What happened in I Ohio agree with all that, why are we bludgeoning
1: the Republican Party when we got the evil of the Democratic Party right in our face? It, They're trying to mutilate our children, and we're busy beating up on the Republican Party.
4: But if we feel comforted by cheerleading sessions, we're not going to accomplish things in places like Ohio. We lost Amendment 1 because the Republican Party was asleep at the wheel. And... Democrats took advantage, and you know what? They Most were afraid of the along abortion
1: with issue. They were afraid of the abortion And I agree with you on the shortcomings of the Republican Party. I agree with you that they're spineless and they're lousy branding and messaging and all that kind of stuff. But, let's but put what, what I am saying that. is, yeah, but we have to ask ourselves, okay, if we're going to expend oxygen to beat up on one of the two parties, it seems to me that we don't give the Republican Party a pass. I'm not saying that. But I'm going to spend 90% of my time beating up on the Democratic Party. I'm not going to spend 75% of my time beating up on the Republican Party. Is it Party. working, Bob? Is it working?
4: Conservative Republicans, conservative Christians for the last... Since the moral majority, mid-1970s,
1: is it working? Are we making progress doing exactly what you're describing? It depends on how you define working. If, if you If you define working as the Republican Party is perfect, then of course it's not working. But what I am saying is, if I can convince some swing voter moderate christians if i can convince some brothers and sisters in christ out there who have always voted democrat their whole lives because we're a democrat family we're a union family blah 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 if i can convince them to stop voting democrat and start voting republican then maybe just maybe you know what uh you got 25 to 30 percent of evangelical christians who vote democrat if that number went down to just 15 percent Republicans would have the White House, they would have the House, they would have the Senate. And you know something? We'd be in a lot better position than we are right now. That doesn't okay. mean they'd be perfect, but we'd be Bob, a lot better off than we are right now. I'm just saying,
4: I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful, I'm just saying wake up. If, if what's the stat you just shared about, you know, re, uh, evangelical 25 Christians to 30%. who voted Democrat, then is the problem the Democrats or the
1: evangelical Christians who voted Democrat? Where's the problem? It, the, the problem is Democrats and the evangelicals voting for them. That's why I'm trying to convince evangelicals to vote Democrat. But what you're doing is basically telling those evangelicals, hey, it's OK if you're anti-Republican Party, because let me spend <laughs> most of my time bludgeoning the Republican Party. It enables those evangelicals to keep on voting Democrat. And I want to stop them from doing that. That, well, that's, I'm, the reason why I'm, that's the reason why I'm, I'm pushing for, back against that.
4: I'm for truth. I'm for the kingdom of God. I'm for the things that God has called believers to do. Some of that lines up with Republican... Ideals, Great. But ultimately, I don't think that our—we don't wrestle against f- flesh and blood, Bob, and I don't think that we can ever I win agree. this thing. And I think from 1975, moral majority, to today, there's been a tremendous slide. We've got gay marriage in America today. We've got the transgender stuff in the schools. I don't think it's working, but I do know that prayer works, and God can bring revival to our country, and I'm not trying to over-spiritualize. I'm just saying, can we all wake up? This isn't working.
1: Well, you know what? If I'm on the Titanic, I'm going to pray— and bail water to try to slow down the sinking to get some people saved at the same time. I'm going to do both, okay? And, And I think we need to do both here, and we don't give up fighting and say, well, then fine, let's just hand everything over to the Democrats as we bludgeon the Republicans. So, But actually... Uh, John, I'm not sure, but I think I saw Neil take off his red wedding ring, start to stand up toward. Me. Oh, I think so he's, I ready. <laughs> he's well, ready. I don't know. He's ready. I think yeah. too. No, been, been <laughs> to this has been great. I think he's ready. Uh, no, actually, Neil, I think this is really good and healthy because you and I—I yes. I mean, we're brothers in Christ. We love each other, and and I got so much respect for you, and I know we respect each other. But this, I think, is healthy. It's an iron sharpens iron kind of thing. That this is how you can actually have debates and then shake hands, hug each other, and say, you know what, love you, brother. Uh, this, But this is a fight that needs to happen. It does need to in this country. And let me just say, John, one of the people fighting for us out there is Alliance yeah. Defending Freedom That's because right. they do battle in an That's area right. that I know all of us agree on that needs to happen.
3: And, and again, as I've said many, many times, you may be a Christian business owner, and by the way, Be somewhere in the middle between what Bob and Neil were just talking about. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Bob's right. They're fighting for all of our freedoms, especially those business freedoms that we all enjoy. And I've said it a gazillion times. I'm going to keep saying it until more of you keep giving business owners please step up to the plate it's the end of the year you can get a nice tax donation for doing this as well plus you're not only helping out a great cause and other business owners that are in this together with you but you may be very well helping your own business out someday you don't even know it so folks please owners give today go to crawfordmediagroup.net click on the adf button
1: Absolutely. We appreciate you folks doing that. So, Roger, need you to step in here and throw a bucket of cold water on, on me and Neil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, I already know. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm in trouble here. He's the pastor, and I'm the one going, rot, <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait.
4: You know, what? you know when two brothers fight, and then Mom says, go ahead, you have to hug each other. Mm-hmm. In that moment, when you're looking at each other.
1: <laughs> all right. Oh, so before all we do right. anything
4: else, Bob and Neil. All man,
1: right. Go hug Zoom it hug, Zoom okay. hugs. Zoom All right. <laughs>
2: No, I, I love uh, what you guys were talking about because it, it does, first and foremost, it shows us how to restore the the dying lost art of discussion and debate and dialogue and iron sharpening iron. There's no question about it. There's a lot of truth in what both of you guys were saying, and I really resonated with that. It's kind of like, I mean, I'll use a California reference here, but if you've ever gone on the Mad Teacup ride at Disneyland... And the first time you get in there, any kind of type of roller coaster type thing that you've been on where there's one part spinning in one direction, or another part spinning in another direction, or another part, it's a multifaceted issue. And so oftentimes I think our tendency as humans is we want some kind of order, so we're looking at how do we pick the one or two or three salient points and then argue those to the point where we can, you know, find some clarity and actually find a certain level of victory. There are so many different components to the conversation that you guys were having that it's not an easy conversation to have. So, I mean, I'm glad that you did did go back and forth on it, but I think about you know, like Dennis Wilson runs into this all the time, you know, when he's talking with people about their financial situation, and how do you judge the markets, and how do you judge what's right and what God wants you to do, and what what kind of legacy am I leaving for my children, and how do we do this in a God-honoring fashion? And when you bring biblical principles into a worldly system that was originally designed by God, then you have to say, okay, well, how am I going to navigate this in a spiritual way? And we, I'm glad Dennis is one of our partners here at uh, National Crawford Roundtable for just that very reason, the fact that he will show you how to take take the 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 fruits of your labor the way god has blessed you for your efforts and show you how to be a good steward with it so that you can not only you know have a comfortable retirement but also you can do spiritual battle with the forces of evil that are trying to tax it away from you or or put you in shady investments that might cause you uh, some kind of financial harm so click on the banner for wilson financial advisors at crawfordmediagroup.net and make that good investment and also understand too we have two dominant parties here in this culture who are both very corrupt one is less corrupt than the other. And so the question is, how do we get people who are, you know, maybe our brothers and sisters who have gone completely astray with a progressive group to get at least get back in line with something that's a little less progressive, but then not lose sight of the fact that ultimately we can elect all the judges, we can elect all the politicians, we can change all the temporal laws that we want to. But ultimately, if God is sovereign and we are answering to his authority, then first and foremost, we start with prayer instead of using it as our last resort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, Roger, do you think that... That this can ever come back full circle to where we start getting civility again between the uh, the parties and the ideologies, political, or is it that it, the toothpaste is not getting back in the tube?
2: I think that the toothpaste is gone. I mean, we're at a point right now where we see what's happening. And it's funny, we were talking about Andrew Jackson earlier on. Let's not forget that it was during the Andrew Jackson administration that we moved from one nation under God, literally trusting him for providence, to more of a self determination mode. You know, Jackson was the guy who's. Remember when the United States was found it, it was virtually impossible to qualify to vote. Like 6% of Americans actually qualified because you were a white landowner. And then Jackson was the one who made that a little more popular, made it a little more the uh, uh, so-called democracy, if you will, that almost became a mob rule. And as we started putting more of our faith and trust in our own self-determination, and oh yeah, we want God to bless it, we still see that God has not altered his covenant. I mean, God doesn't renege on covenants at all. I mean, we, I do believe mm-hmm. this is a nation that was ordained by God and God still has hand of providence on us. The question isn't him, the question's us. And as, the, as you see, uh, we've gone from Christian America to uh, post-Christian America to now anti-Christian America. I don't know yeah. how you put that toothpaste back in the right. tube. But what what means, though, is let's face it, the church is thriving internationally in spite of hardship mm, and in spite right. of pressure. And so
1: maybe okay. it's our turn to say, let's bulk up. And, and, and you know what internationally' yeah, where go the ahead, we're, we're, we got about 30 seconds Neil go ahead
4: internationally where the church is thriving are they stressing politics or the gospel and one of the things I wanted to say earlier when Bob was going all MMA on me was simply you know <laughs> did Jesus give us the great commission to help the Republican Party succeed or did he say you know preach the gospel to the nations ultimately I think we have a first responsibility to the gospel we could be involved in politics but we know what our true calling is.
1: It's a it's a first response. Absolutely, I agree with you. It's our first calling. It's our first purpose. It's our our primary passion. But that doesn't mean we can't walk and chew gum at the same time. We can do other things as well. And I think showing uh, loving our neighbor is a way to do that. And trying to stop the Democratic Party from harming our neighbor with the vote that we've been given, I think, is something we have a responsibility to do. Uh, as long as that doesn't become our god and our idol and our first passion, because spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and worshiping Him comes first. And God is certainly and control and charge in all things and that we completely agree on and trusting in him I want to remind everybody as well if you haven't supported Preborn yet do it now Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give right there, $28 times whatever number of babies you're willing to save in a one-time gift by paying for ultrasound images. Okay, what is that number to you, folks? Whatever it is, uh, go ahead and give now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Don't forget, your your gift is matched dollar for dollar by an, emo, uh, 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 an anonymous donor. So we appreciate that. They're doing that right now through Christmas. So go ahead and give. You can also call 833. 833- 3850 baby and talk to a real-life person. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And uh, I'll tell you what. We always appreciate you folks listening to us. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com. Certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. Neil MMA Boron. <laughs> uh, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco. Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Neil, it was some great, lively back and forth. Every once in a while, it's a little bit fun to mix it up a little bit. So I appreciate your willingness to kind of go back and forth in this area. Anytime, anywhere, Bob. (laughs) That's right. Get off All right, cowboy. Let's go. Let's Let's go, go. cowboy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Hey, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless.
0: You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the pre-born logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors. Over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.